Okay, hi class. Um, let's start chapter two, economics. I'll do a share, sharing screen. Okay, um, so basically here, we'll be talking about, um, we'll be talking about chapter two, which is demand and supply and introduction here on the level of microeconomics instead of macroeconomics. So we're doing demand and supply based on a microeconomics view. In this chapter, as an introduction, we will explain the concept of demand we will explain the, uh, the concept of supply, explain the term market. We will explain the concept of price and quantity uh, equilibrium. So they explain the concept of equilibrium, what equilibrium means. We're also gonna talk about uh, and demonstrate the cause and effect uh, of a change in the demand side, and also talk about the cause and effect of change in the supply side. We will explain why demand and supply determine the price and the quantity. Uh, trade it. Now, in the beginning, we need to define what's a demand. The demand is the quantity that consumers are willing and able to buy over a period of time at the various prices. So here is the issue. So the, the, this means that he must be willing to purchase it and must have ability to pay for it. Let me give you a, an example. One day I was walking with my brother and he said, by the way, the DVD players become, uh, the price of DVD players is $100 now. Why you don't want buy one? So I was happy. I said, okay, I'm going to go buy a DVD. We are passing beside an electronic company. And I said, oh, wait a second. Um, the price went really down, but I don't watch movies a lot. So why should I buy a DVD player? So here is the issues. Um, I was able to pay for a DVD, but I was not willing to purchase a DVD player. So I was able to pay for a DVD player, which is $100, but I'm not willing to purchase it because I thought that buying a DVD player, it's something that I don't watch movies a lot. So why should I um, buy it? On other side, maybe um, I was willing to purchase uh, a Ferrari, for example, but I was not able to pay for a car like Ferrari. So one time you are willing, but you are not able. 
one time you are able and you're not willing. So in case of the DVD player, I was able, but I not willing. In case of Ferrari, I am willing, but I'm not able to pay for it. So in the demand, you have to be uh, willing and able to pay for it. So the quantity that consumer are willing and able to pay or able to buy over a period of time. See the period of time, if you notice, at the various prices. So we measure the quantity in a specific time period, for example, in a week, in a month, in a year. Now, um, let's say I usually consume uh, uh, 10 breads uh, a week. So over the time, my demand for the bread is 10 per week. And over a month, my demand for a bread is 10 multiplied four weeks becomes uh, a 40 bread. So over time, so the measured quantity is in a specific time period. It could be a week, a month, a day, hour, minute, but it's a time. The second thing, the quantity that consumers are willing and able to buy over time at the different prices. Let me give you an example. It is when the price of bread is $10, for example, I will buy one bread a day. But maybe when it goes down $5, I will buy two breads a day. So the various price, when it goes uh, $1, I will buy 10 breads a day. So as a $10, one, when it becomes five, I paid, uh, I'm willing to buy uh, two, and when it comes $1, I'm willing to pay, uh, I'm willing to buy, uh, or I have a demand for 10 of them. So it shows relationship between the quantity and the prices. The price, as the price goes down, the quantity willing or demanded is more. The price is the most important determinant. Now here, what we are assuming, I can consume one or five or 10 breads. Uh, so that's not we are taking into consideration. As we said in the first class, we said we built a hypothesis. And in the part of the hypothesis, we assume all other things are uh, uh, remains the same, which is called citrus paribus. So when somebody, for example, argue saying, well, if the, if the bread goes $1, you cannot eat 10. He said, well, that's another factor, which is we trying to distract it and we look at the relationship between the price and, will, and quantity demanded. So we're trying to find out, this is in the hypothesis when we built, and once it's approved, then we change it to a, a theory, which is the theory of demand and theory of supplies and all you know, the concept there. 
and, and it's actually they use it to say the, the law of demand, the law of supplies. So here, what we're looking at, we're saying, as the price decline, my willingness to buy, my demand increase, in assuming all, all other factors, like my taste, my uh, ability to eat, is all um, uh, constant and has no effect, put it this way. So that's what you call, or else, uh, else remains the same, which is a citrus paribus. Now, the demand can be shown in a schedule. We said $10, one bread at $5, two bread at $1, 10 bread. That's a schedule, a table showing a various quantity demanded at the different prices. But also can be shown as a curve which is a graphic representative of a demand schedule. So here in the demand schedule, uh, we see that uh, price per case of beer, for example, if it's $17, uh, quantity demanded is $7. As the price goes up, if it's $18, I will probably buy only six. And if it goes 19, actually, I don't drink beer, and I know alcohol, but this is only an example. As the price goes 19, uh, the price goes uh, demanded is five, and if it is 20, I demand four, and if it's a 21, the price three, and if it's 22 is, I'm demanding only uh, quantity demanded only two. So if you see, as the price goes up, I will willing to buy less. So uh, this is what you call a demand schedule. Now, if we turn this into a graphic, we notice that when the price is 19, then I'm willing uh, to pay five. Or let's stop from the bottom. When the price is 17, I'm willing to spend seven, uh, I'm willing to buy quantity demanded at seven. When the price is 18, which as you see here, is the quantity demanded is six. And when it's uh, 19, the quantity demanded is five. So these are three dots is created and we connect it to each other becomes the demand curve. So this is what you call the demand curve. And if you look at it, is from the top is going through the downward slope. Now, so we said that from point A, which is at point A, which is the price is 17, I'm buying only seven and the price of 18, I'm buying only less, which is six. It just, when the bread is 10, I'm buying only one. When the bread is $5, I'm buying two. So you see the numbers is from point A to point B, we put it when we connect it to each other. And uh, we come up with uh, demand, uh, law of demand, as the price increase, quantity demanded is decreased. 
movement is along the excess demand line. So it moves like upward like this. Now, why the demand curve slopes downward? So as the price increase, the demand is decreases. The income, so you need to know that the, the, the demand curve is a slopes downward. As the income effect, the effect of a price basically change the real income and therefore the quantity demanded. So the reason, one of the reason is just, I cannot afford buying a Ferrari, for example. But uh, as the price of, so say I'm budgeting $10 for buying bread weekly, weekly as the price of bread goes down, my uh, real income, and real income is defined as my ability to purchase is increasing. So the effect of the price change on a real income and therefore on the quantity demanded. Real income is measured in the terms of goods and services as to all buy. So this is where I have $10 weekly budget, all I make $10. So as my real income, it will be much stronger as the price of the bread goes down because now I can buy five or 10 breads. So the real income will increase if the price falls. A very good example. When you're making $1,000 in Canada, that's probably a very a low income. But that $1,000, if you take it to Bangladesh and you're making $1,000 in Bangladesh, then make, that makes you a middle income or a higher income, middle income, something like that. Because now suddenly your purchase power is stronger because Things in in in, uh, in uh, Bangladesh is much cheaper. So really, people when they look at it, they go, for example, wow, this person is making a three thousand dollars or five thousand dollars a month in Canada, and they start calculating it back in Bangladesh. They're not really thinking of, well, wait a second, how expensive is Canada? when I'm buying a bread compared to Bangladesh. So my purchase power is affected. Now, then it comes and you need to take into consideration a substitution effect. So if I'm not suddenly, um, I have an option between buying bread and buying rice and the both can feed me. So the substitution effect is the substitution of one product for another product as a result of change in their relative price. Let me put it this way. I'm buying 10 breads. Uh, let's say one bread, uh, 10 breads at $1. Suddenly the bread goes high. So I'm 
not gonna buy breads anymore because all my income is low. I will buy probably one or two breads, and because the rice is cheaper, I'll buy more rice. So that's a substitution for uh, bread is using rice or macaronis. On other hand, the total we need to know the total demand for a product or service from all the consumers. I'm not only a person who is buying a bread and buying rice, for example, or bread and rice. There is my neighbor is buying, my uh, friend is buying, all of us. So the total demand for a product or a service from all the consumer, you add them together becomes the market demand. Now, as example, let's say um, at $18, I have Tomikyo, I have FD, and I have Jan. So at $18, the market demanded is 19, okay? At $19, Tomiko is willing to, as the price goes high, you know, Tomiko probably will buy less, which is five. FD might be still not affected with the price because he is, you know, um, can afford still four. And but Jan will go also down because his real her real income uh, is affected, so it's become 16. And as we say, as the price goes higher and higher, the total quantity demanded it goes lower. So here Tomiko at $22 will will consume or demand two. Abdi will consume only three, went down, and Jan only one, so two plus three plus one is six. So we notice the market demand also affected with the price. Now, in some cases, for example, if you look at the Abdi, because you probably have a good uh, purchasing power, when the price goes higher, he can sustain and keep buying four and four and four here each time until suddenly reach to a point his purchase power, his real income is not as strong because the prices goes down and then he decided to go three and three later on. But the market demand, when we go to the market demand is the total demand of consumers becomes a market demand. So in the graph, market demand is the horizontal summation of all individual. We have if you notice, FD is straight and then suddenly goes down because we notice the four, uh, four, 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 and then three, three. But the others is affecting with the price like Tomikio and Jan. But the total of these will be, you add this and this and this become this. So the market demand is the total of these three consumers. And here in the graph, we put the price, and here we put the quantity. So let's uh, test our understanding. The table shows that weekly demand for soya milk uh, by a three people in a very a small market. So let's say the 
the, the, the market demand is made of three people lived in a one village, only these three people are there. So when the dollar, when the price of the product is $4, Cole and Bo cannot afford to buy only Al. And the total market demand is one. But as the price goes down, we see Bo and Al can buy, Cole still cannot buy that, so it becomes two. And as the price goes lower to $3 here, we see Al and Bo and Cole can buy three soya milk. So the total market demand is a three soya milk. In the end, when the dollar, when the price goes at two dollars, we see Al, Bo can each one buy two, consume quantity demanded, and one buy coal. So here we are talking about quantity demanded, ability to buy and willing to buy. Now we looked at the demand side. Now we 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 cannot really copy the supply side. You see, when you're buying thing, you're not buying for the sake of making the suppliers happy. You're buying according to your need and willing to uh, to pay for it. When the supplier is producing, is not supplying for the sake of the consumer. He's in the market to make profit. And that's what makes a, a difference of how we uh, draw the supply and how we draw the demand. So the supply is the quantity that produce and are unwilling to and able to supply over time at the various prices. And we're not gonna go because when we talked about saying that producer are willing and able to supply over time at a different prices. So the supply schedule is a table showing the various quantities supplied per period of time at the different prices. And again, supply curve is the graphic representative of the supply schedule. Let's assume I'm a supplier. And my goal in a, in a business in the supplying is to make more profit. Now, if I'm making, uh, producing uh, one, uh, making a profit of say $1 per, per um, uh, macro, per say bread again, I will be producing say one bread, but suddenly, I noticed that the price of buying bread, it went high and become people buying, uh, you know, the price went high to $2 so or $4. Suddenly I'm making, I feel that a, uh, there is more profit in making more. So I will be producing more. So the consumer will pay more and I will end up making more profit. We'll talk on the detail base could be, uh, uh, the price goes up or could be some kind of technology lowering the price, all these things that we can. But right now, let's think about it this way. I'm making one, uh, $2 a profit. I'm willing to produce two, uh, one bread. If I'm making $4 a profit per every bread, 
then I'm willing to produce more bread because I want to make more profit. And I'm not in the market to make this uh, customer uh, happy. I'm in the market eventually, all these things is to make more profit. So the more profit, the more I will be supplying. Now, so as the price per case start at $18, I'm willing as a supplier produce two cases only. <clears throat> as the price goes higher, suddenly I'm making more profit, it becomes $19, I'm making extra dollar profit, so I'm willing to produce uh, three. As the price goes at 20, I'm willing to produce four. And the more the price goes up, the supplier is willing to produce more, assuming once again, everything is constant. Is the price and quantity to be produced. <clears throat> so if we look at um, uh, the top ones, as the price of 18 is, we were willing to produce two as a supplier, as a price of 19, I'm willing to produce three and 20, I'm producing quantity of four. So we create these three dots and these three dots, when we connect them to each other, becomes the supplier curve. So the supply curve, as a price increase, the quantity, the quantity supplied increases, movement along the existing supply line <clears throat> from A to B. So why the supply curve slope upward? Once again, we're saying suppliers are motivated by profit. The more profit, the more they're willing to supply. Higher price means more profit for them. More supplier are willing to produce products. Now the cost rise as more is produced. So the higher price are required to supply more. Let's say when I'm producing something that costs me $1 and I'm producing it and I'm selling it at $2, I'm making $1 profit. So I'm producing, costing me $1, I'm selling it $2, making $1 profit. But suddenly uh, the, the weeds and things that I'm buying, the price of it went higher. And now I have to keep constant my $1 profit or my percentage of profit so the cost of the producing that bread went from $1 to $1.50. We will still want to make as a supplier $1. So suddenly the bread goes a $2.50. So my cost will be $1.50 and the producing will be $2.50. I'll be still keeping constant my level of the profit. I will increase the price on the consumers. Now, in a market supply curve, once again, total supply from all the producers of this product, how many bakeries are there? We calculate them and that's called a market supply. So it's a horizontal summation of each individual produce 
a supply curve. What's the assumption here again? Assumption that producers are making all similar products. The reason I brought the sample of bread, let's see all these producers are making similar bread. Nothing more special, nothing more salty, nothing more. It's just a regular bread. And we assume that the consumer have no preference to as to which supplier or product, they just come and buy that bread. Like, you know, you've probably never been there, but in the in the communisms, the communist eras during the Euro, in Eastern Europe, all the all the suppliers will produce the same bread, and whether you buy it from this or that one, it's the same price and the same quality. So you had no really preference of buying it from where. It's happening in some, for example, North Korea now. So the market supply schedule is. In case of beer, as the case of beer is 18, Bobby uh, producer is called, they make a Bobby beer. beer. Um, they make at $18, he will be doing two cases, producing two cases. And other brewers will make six, six producers. So two plus six becomes eight. As a price of selling, beer, case of beer goes high, we said earlier, the more I make profit, the more I'm willing to produce. This is my ultimate reason why I'm producing, assuming everything else constant. So at $19, now Bobby suddenly thinking, okay, so I'm, I'm making more profit because the price, the cost of producing did not go up, but the market suddenly they're selling the beer for three, uh, $19. So I'm willing to produce three and other brewers will be producing nine, so the total. And as the price goes up, you will notice that as the case become 22, Bobby suddenly willing to produce six and the other producers will brewers will be producing 18. So the total market supply is 24. So, the market supply curve is the summation of everything. So the market supply is the total quantity of all the producers at each price. And once again, we assuming everything constant, including that the consumer does not have a preference from buying from which one, and all these beer producing are producing the same bottle of beer. So it's the total, the market from Bobby and the others, we sum it and we have the total or the market supply curve. So when you're gonna do an equilibrium? Equilibrium is when supply and demand meet each other at certain point, which we'll be explaining. Market. Market is a mechanism that allows the suppliers and sellers to exchange the product and services. So supermarket is one of the market. Um, online market is one of the market. Um, anywhere that happens that the supplier and the 
a consumer or the buyer is exchanging. He pays money, he gives him the product. He could be paying something product, he gives him a product in return. As of the last example, we said, I have, I can cut 10 trees, I can give my neighbor two trees and he gives me a t-shirt. In this case, uh, the trade happened between two products, but I could pay my, um, my neighbor, say $5, he gives me the t-shirt and my neighbor only wants two trees, he gives me $5 or $10 or whatever. So uh, money is a mean of trade, uh, mean of trade. So market is a mechanism that allows the buyer and seller to exchange the product and services. In the old days, would we probably later on speak more about the history of money? Um, we, there is, for example, in Netherlands, for a while, they start using the, the flower tulip as the, because they loved it so much as a mean of exchange money. Um, so he, he gives five tulips, he gets food, but then they found out this tulips doesn't last very long. So people start refusing utilize, uh, using the tulips as, a, as a money. And historically, we found out lots of product comes in as a mean of money, and then they disappear where it becomes gold and silver is the tool of exchanging, selling and buying. And today, when you see the dollar, the dollar is representing the amount of the gold that stand for it. Because people in the old days used to carry gold in, a, they said, $1 gold. And now the paper represent that amount. Anyway, we'll be talking about it more in the future. So where is the equilibrium happening in a market? We said, that the point where the quantity demanded equal with the quantity supplied. If I'm supplying 10, if the quantity demanded 10 and I'm, and I'm supplying 10, that's the equilibrium is happening. And there is no shortage or surplus in the market. So QD, which is quantity demanded equal with the QS, which is a quantity supplied. Here we might, and we felt that sometimes there is a surplus or there is a shortage. And in the surplus, the amount by which the quantity supplied is a greater than the quantity demanded and occurs at the price above the equilibrium. As we said, as the price goes higher, I'm willing to produce more. So the price, uh, I'm, suddenly I'm producing more, 10, 20 cases, 30 cases, but actually the demand is only 10 cases, but I'm producing more. So it becomes lots of beer cases in the market, and this is what you call a surplus. Now in a shortage, the amount by which the quantity supplied is less than the quantity demanded, and occurs at price below the equilibrium. So suddenly from I'm producing 10, 10 cases of beer and with 
you know, the other also, everybody is producing together 10 cases of beer. Suddenly, for some reason, and we will explain these reasons later on, um, we're producing eight, five, for example, and the demand is 10. So here's where it's happened, shortage. People want to consume 10, and we're only producing five. So there is a shortage happening. As example, let's say in case of beer again, at $18, the market supply eight and the market demand is 12, 22. 22 people wants, uh, 22 cases of beer is needed and only we got in the market eight. So there is, what do you call when you see a negative, is there is a shortage. As the price goes high, we said the suppliers are willing to pay, produce more. So you see the market supply goes high and the supply becomes a 12, but, and the demand is 18. Now, why even from 22 becomes 18? Because we spoke in the, we said in the first beginning of the chapter, as the price, it goes higher, the quantity demanded is lower from the consumer point of view. From the supplier, as the price goes higher, the quantity wants to be supplied is higher. So you notice that as the price goes higher, the supplier is willing to supply more and going to supply more. And the market is demanded as the price goes higher, they demand less. And the difference, the shortage is minus six. So still the market has experiencing or feel there is a short shortage of, my, of six cases. And the example goes on as the price of that it is, it becomes at $20. Once again, the supplier wants to produce more, which is producing six, 16. And the, as the price goes higher, we see the market demand, it goes lower and from 18, they demand now 16. So producers are producing 16, the market demand and the consumers are consuming 16. So we have what you call equilibrium. Now let's assume the, the, the price goes more higher. Here where the suppliers start producing more and the consumer, because the price is going higher, they will be demanding less. So there is more supply than market demand. Market supply is higher than market demand. So there is a surplus. And as it, as it goes to 22, there is a surplus of 18 plus. So here is 11 plus, and then you will see 18 plus. So, we notice here at the $20, 16, 16, zero. So there no, no surplus, no shortage. So that's what you call the equilibrium do, uh, uh, point. $20 is $6. Now keep in mind, when we talk about demand and supply, they are not the price or uh, quantity. They are made of the price and quantity. 
okay made up so don't mix between price and uh, quantity the so uh, the curve itself made of two factors as a price and quantity as a supply here where we get the equilibrium the market equilibrium is uh, qs which is market uh, quantity supplied equal with quantity demand so also the curve of supply is affected by the price and quantity supplied and the curve of supply it is alone standalone think about it this way but getting affected by the price and the quantity basically when we talk about supply we said the only reason people are supplying is to make price a profit so as you make more prices you make more profit so the goal is to make prices now let's say and we spoke about at the lower price when the price is lower suppliers is willing to supply less which is we said in the previous in the schedule they're willing the qs is only eight which is comes in here that's the supplier how much is willing now suddenly if the price goes down we will see that the consumer is willing to buy more he wants to buy 22 because the price is coming so the the, the, the total market demand is 22 and total market supply is eight there is a shortage of 16 case of beer uh, between the suppliers because it's producing only eight and the uh, consumption uh, um, the consumers is wants to consume 22 so there is a shortage is happening and once the shortage is happening in the other case is if the we said if the price is higher supplier wants to make more profit so he's producing a 20 uh, at 22 dollars producing 24 and uh, because the price is high the consumers is willing to consume less so if you notice here if you compare this to this as the price is low people willing to consume more so the demand is a 22 as the price is low suppliers is willing to pay to supply less because it's making less profit so the supply is only 18 and there is a shortage and at 22 dollars there will be a surplus so just to test the understanding and the calculation let's say the total market uh, supply and demand at two dollars we got 60 uh, demand 60 case demanded and because this is only two dollars uh, the suppliers is making only 30 dollars so there is a shortage of 30. at 250 the shortage is 20 56 uh, or 36 minus 56 becomes minus 20 and only at the 3.5 cents, we will see that the demand is getting 
lower and lower and the supply because it's the price is going up it's going higher and higher so it becomes an equilibrium suddenly the price goes lower than equilibrium then you will see the suppliers are willing to produce more because it's making more profit and the demand people are willing to buy less because things getting expensive and then you will see a surplus here which is a plus 10. so here when we're experiencing a shortage of products and then we have an equilibrium and then we have a surplus. So how this market adjusts itself? Let's assume everything is constant. Um, how the market is adjusts itself due to the price and the supply and demand. When there is a surplus, producers uh, drop the price to sell excess stock. And you notice that when you're walking in the supermarket, there is some products is going down in the price because they have, let's assume, they have an excess stock. So the cheaper it gets, uh, you know, say he wants just to make, get rid of his excess stocks. As the price goes down, what will happen? You come in a market and you see this price went down. So everybody comes in and see the price that went down, the quantity demanded increase. And then the quantity supplies falls because the price is going down. They, they are not interested to produce more. So is demand is going up because the price is falling and the quantity supplies is going down because the price is falling. So the market moves to equilibrium of a price and quantity. Here is, we can explain it, how it looks like. Here we have at 22, we notice that quantity demanded is only six. And we walk in the market and there is a, you know, a lots of uh, supplies, which is a 24. Suddenly the suppliers, it says, let me lower the price. So people will take this quantity, which is I'm stuck with it and it's in the stock and people will buy more. So what you see actually, seller drop the price to sell excess products. As the price is going down, the buyer buys more at the lower price. So the seller supply less, which is the product is going down the prices, okay? So he starts dropping the price, the demand increases, and as he keeps seller supply less, because the price is lower, it goes both sides, downward pressures until reach back to the equilibrium, which is um, at $20.16, that would be an equilibrium. So we said, as the price goes down, and if you notice here, there would be a pressure on the supplier will 
supply less because it's making less profit. So the numbers of QS goes down and the number of QD as a price go down this way until they meet in the equilibrium, which is at $20 and $16. Okay, when there is a shortage, now we're looking at it differently. Let's say there is a shortage in housing, which is happening in uh, Ontario. And that's the same good example, how, uh, let's say, yes, best thing Ontario, because there is them are other areas where the pricing of the housing probably is going down, but that's not true. Uh, it's not going high very quickly, but here you notice the price of housing is going high very quickly. And the reason when the, when the buyer, uh, because there is a limited housing, there is shortage in the housings, people are coming, family growing with lots of kids also. So there is a demand for housing. So the buyers start bidding up the price, willing to pay more. As the price rises of the housing, we will see less people, uh, the quantity demanded decrease, less people are willing to buy houses, but uh, because the price is high, you notice lots of uh, the quantity supplied by people who build the houses increases. Now, market, once again, move to equilibrium. But the question comes in here in Ontario, especially in Toronto, how come still the prices keeps going high? Because there is a shortage. Once there is no shortage, it will be an equilibrium. So the market moves back to the equilibrium prices and quantity. Because we do have lots of immigrants comes in and stay in, in Toronto, um, we do have, uh, so these mostly, wants to buy a house and once it's a flying in, it's not a bubble that's gonna blow. It is the demand keep increasing more than the supply is providing. So the housing is going up. So the market moves, but if we assume that the demand in the supply is equal, and then it's a different case. But in this case, as the market moves back to equilibrium price and quantity. What's causing that is causing that the quantity demanded, first the price is going down and the quantity demanded, because the price is going high, the quantity demanded is going down. And once the quantity demanded is going down, there is an excess of products on the market so the suppliers has to lower its price. And eventually, because uh, lowering is the price making less profit, he will be lowering uh, uh, his supply too. So in the case of the shortage and how the market is, is, is adjusting, that's we said at $18, the demand quantity demand is at 24. At $6, the quantity, uh, at $18, the quantity supplied is only six and the demand is 24. As the price goes high, we said 
there is more supply. And as the price goes high, there is a less quantity demanded. And the bidding between the buyers first is, will be forcing the price up because there is a shortage. The sellers supplies more product because suddenly the price goes high. And this is the reason because he wants to make profit. And as the price goes high, the quantity demanded, it drops at the higher level. So it will go back to the equilibrium. So we notice here, this is, has a different approach where it starts it start when the consumer start bidding, okay? And, and the, he forced the price up. Sellers, when he sees more profit, he starts increasing more. And as he producing more, they are covering the shortage. And once the shortage is covered, then the consumer quantity is becomes less and put the downward pressures on the prices and then eventually becomes in the equilibrium. At the $20 goes back to $16 equilibrium point. So increase in demand, how this happened. More quantity is demanded at each price when caused by factor other than the price. So here, why we are kept everything constant and ignore everything, we assume everything constant is we wanted to analyze uh, the effect of uh, demand caused by the price. But here, more quantity is demanded at each price. Suddenly, um, I'm buying at $20, 14 uh, case of beer. Now, suddenly, for some reason, other factor than price, I'm willing to buy 20 at $20. In the old day, I was willing to buy only 14. Now, I'm willing to buy at $20 for uh, 14. So you notice that there is something changed other than the price here, other factors. And we need to know what's the other factors are, and we will be talking about them. But more quantity is demanded at each price, causing the curve, the demand curve shift outside. So at the same price, suddenly um, if the total market demand becomes at 20. What's determine the demand? Other than when we talk about within the curve of demand, the price. But now we're looking at the other factors that affecting the demand, which is causing the shift in the demand. Consumer preference. If the taste change, demand change. Suddenly people enjoy drinking beer and they don't like alcohol, for example, a hard alcohol. So the taste has been changed uh, and suddenly the demand for the beer 
people used to drink alcohol, uh, hard alcohol, liquor, and beer. Now suddenly they want to go only beer. So they want to cancel the hard liquor and they're willing to pay, consume more uh, liquor, more beer at, this, uh, at the same price. So the taste change, the demand change. The second thing is the consumer income. If I'm making more money, I'm willing to buy my first Ferrari and then second Ferrari. As I'm making more money, I'm willing to buy more Ferraris, for example, um, something like that. Or this market, the total demand from 10 Ferraris a month becomes a 20 as their GDP, their income goes high. But not all the products works that way. The consumer income, as it goes high, there is something called normal products. The normal products, as your, your income goes high, a, the demand for buying these products goes high. Like example, we said the Ferraris or, you know, um, um, Starbucks, okay? Coffee. So buy more when the income rise because your purchase power is stronger and less when your income falls. So a normal product is when you buy more when your income goes high and less when you go, your income goes down. The other type of products, and they noticed in 1920 in Ireland, uh, they were going through the depression, the lower people income goes on, they notice that the more potato they consume. So usually they know that the, the lower income you have, the less you consume. But here, the lower income you have, the more you consume of potatoes. And this is where they said, okay, so we have normal products and we have the inferior product. And the inferior product is buy more when the income falls and less when the income rise, like potatoes, because it's so cheap. So your income is becomes, it's falling. You have a tendency to buy more potatoes instead of buying fruits. So they collect, call them, or macaronis, uh, or uh, I don't know, noodles. Uh, so as the income goes down, you buy, you buy more of these stuff and they call them inferior goods. So prices of related product. Products are related if a change in the price of one product cause a change in the demand for the other product. Two types we have is substitutes and complement. Now, when we are buying uh, uh, hard liquors, four bottles a, day, uh, a month, and two cases of beer, and suddenly we switch our taste and all these things, and suddenly we're buying more beer, less hard liquors. So the beer is substitute for uh, the hard liquor. When we are buying Coke, and Coke is getting more expensive, we go and buy now more Pepsi or Sprite. 
So the Pepsi or the Sprite is a substitute for Coke. And Coke is a substitute for Pepsi. You're replacing one with another. But when you come in a complement as a product, you, you consume this and suddenly you have to consume something with it. Let's assume when you're buying beer, suddenly you're buying uh, nuts or pretzels with it or potato chips bags. So these are the complement. They come, you when you buy this more, you buy this more, they complement it as a complement. Now, you notice here also the pretzels that you're gonna take with your beer, they have a substitute, which is could be the nuts. So one day you'd say, I don't wanna take pretzel, I'm taking the substitute product, which is uh, the nuts. The beer is driving the quantity of demanded for uh, pretzels, but suddenly you say, I'm not buying the uh, any pretzels, so the beer is providing the substitute product for the uh, pretzel, which is the nut. So the nuts is a substitute for pretzel, but the nuts itself and the pretzel itself is a complement product for beer. This is how it works. Now, so price of related product, a substitute is a similar product that can be substituted for each other. And we talked about Pepsi and Coke and uh, Pepsi and Coke, put it this way. And we talked about the nuts and the pretzels. So similar product that can be substituted of each other. Increase in a price of one product cause increased demand of substitute. And why is that? We said that as the Coke goes high, price of the Coke goes high, what do you do? Gonna buy more Pepsi because Pepsi is cheaper. As the price of nuts goes high and you already bought uh, your case of beer and you saw your the price of nuts is going high. So you go, I'm gonna buy more pretzels this time and instead of buying more nuts. So as the price of Coke goes high, you have a tendency of buying more Pepsi. And as the price of Pepsi Coke goes low, you have a tendency of buying Pepsi, less Pepsi because price of Coke is going down. So that's how you look at the substitute. So increase in a price of one product cause increase the demand for the substitute. Now, when we're talking about complementary products, it is tend to be bought together. You buy a case of beer and then you go to the supermarket inside where you buy your beer, you buy your nuts or you're buying your bag of chips or you buy your pretzel. So they tend to, buy, to be bought together. Increase in the price of one product cause a decrease in the demand of the complement product. Why is that? Say I'm buying six cases of beer a month and suddenly the price of case of beer goes high, I'm buying less. So I'm buying four cases of beer. 
And anytime I'm buying one case of beer, I'm buying one bag of nuts. So now I'm buying instead of six. So in, in the normal thing, I'm buying six case of beer, I'm buying six bag of nuts. Now, if I'm, price of beer goes high, I will be buying four uh, 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 case of beer. So I'm gonna buy only four nuts. So increase in the price of one product of beer cases will cause a decrease in the price of the complementary. And it decreases not a direct affected by the price, is affected here by the two products that they come to with each other as a complement. They are affected, but indirectly, the substitute uh, at the complementary product. So basically the expectation, uh, one of what shifts the demand, this is was, as we said here, we notice one is the consumer preference affect the demand. Second, the consumer income affect the demand. And third, the price of related products affect the demand. And, and four here is the expectation of a future price income and availability. If the price or income expected to be to rise, the consumer buy more. Now, the reason you think tomorrow the beer is gonna be more expensive, normally you will buy your beer for tomorrow and today, today. So because the price goes high. And if your income, you feel that more positive, more uh, confidence, level of confidence, and we will be talking about it later, in the end of the uh, later chapters. If you think your income is going to go higher, you will be spending more today. If good expected to be scarce also, you feel like tomorrow there is no more case of beers, only today, and it happens in holidays, uh, national holidays like, you know, where you, you think tomorrow all the supermarkets are closed, so you, you take your food for today and tomorrow and you put it in your home. So if the good expected to be scarce, scarce sir, less, you buy more now. <clears throat> the other side of it, as the population is um, size or income and age distribution increase in the population, or income cause an increase in the demand. And you know, the more people comes in in this country, the more there is a demand for bread, for rice, uh, the demand is more. And also a change in the distribution, age distribution effect demand. <clears throat> As people are, uh, majority goes older, there is, old people house should be more available in Canada. A more young generation from baby boomers will start going up. Things, demand for cars started going up because it was a shifting. And now with the baby boomers is retiring. So they start the consumption of, for example, uh, cars goes down, more traveling, more uh, elder 
people house housing gets available. So as the age, as change in the age distribution affects the demand for different products. So just to understand, um, as a price two, uh, $2, we have a demand uh, 10 and the demand D2 is 11, you add them together, for example, and uh, $3. So in the above market for the pretzel, we said when you buy beer, you buy pretzel with it. What might, if, what might have happened to produce to the price of the complementary goods products like beer cause the demand for pretzel to change? And what might happen for the price of the substitute like nuts? Uh, uh, like not. So, as the price of beer falls, we see more consumption of beer, and because beer uses, uh, we go and buy beer and uh, pretzels, the pretzels consume more. Now, when we said the pretzels and nuts is uh, they are substituting each other for to be a complementary or competing, let's say, for you to just clear it, over to be a complementary for the beer. And we notice the price of nuts, it rise up because suddenly we, there is more consumption of beer less pretzel available, and people start buying more, uh, there is 10 pretzels, and it's finished, people start buying more nuts, and, and instead of pretzels, and the price, the demand for the, for the nuts goes higher, so the price goes higher. So the adjustment to an increase in demand is, once again, we said it shift outward because of all these reasons. And once it shifted outward, we said now the demand at the $20 because of your income or whatever, or taste or age distribution, you are demanding is at $20 to buy 20 instead of 14. When you're demanding, when the demand increase, a shortage is created in the price here. And the price start, shortage increase, created and start people start bidding up on the price and the price keeps going high. So when the price start going high, we notice that uh, when a demand, uh, then it needs to move to the equilibrium from uh, the, the amount of the being supplied and the amount of being demanded because there is a shortage, the price starts being high. And once it's high because of the shift, there is more supplies. And once the supply is happening, we see once again an equilibrium, the demand start declining because now there's lots of products available in the market and the prices start declining and the suppliers eventually will supply less. So we reach to the equilibrium point 
which is 18 uh, quantities at $22. Now, adjustment to a decrease in demand when the demand shift in, demand decrease, your income goes down. You know, we said about the baby boomers when they're got, now they're old, so they're not interested in buying housing, for example, or they're not interested in the fast car, the demand for high-end cars becomes less. So there is a shift inward, becomes uh, less, and there is a surplus for the product. So the prices uh, start dropping because there's lots of product. So just to test our understanding, we noticed that we said that the curve of demand and curve of supply is representing the effect of the price and the quantity demanded, but not the, that curve is not a price and it's not demand, a quantity demanded, a quantity. It is the quantity demanded. So that curve affected by the price and uh, quantity. So same thing with the supplier, they are there to make profit. So what effect will the following change have open because of the demand for the price and the quantity in the commercial. We will look at how the price works, how the demand work, uh, how the demand works, how the price is working, and how the effect of the price, the commercial part of it. So a medical report praising that the healthy effect drinking beer suddenly. What happened? So suddenly people start buying more beer because they say it's healthy. And when people buying more beer, there is a shortage and the shortage will push the price of the beer goes higher because there is a demand more and people are buying more. And suddenly when the prices goes higher, supplier making more profit, so they are supplying more quantity. So demand goes high, the price goes high and the quantity. That's, we said, a factor out of these uh, uh, is which causing a shift out. Now, a decrease in the price of home brewing kites. When it's, there is a decrease in the price, so you can make your beer at home, it's cheaper. And if you can make your beer at home, cost of making beer, your personal consumption beer cheaper, suddenly the demand for buying beer outside, from outside, it goes down. And when it goes down, there is a surplus of beers. So the price goes down. And the, eventually when the prices goes down, suppliers are not happy of making less profit. They will supply less quantity. So this has happened. Now, a rapid increase in the population. And we said, suddenly people are coming to this country. And here what will happen, the demand, people consuming more beer. And because the people are coming from other countries and adding the total market demand goes higher. So the demand goes high, pressures on the uh, price, price goes high, suppliers are happy making more, uh, making more profit and they supply more quantities. And if these thing there is in the future a strike, suddenly you know that tomorrow there is no beer. So you run to the beer store, take more, cases for beer because you know that there is a strike. And when you start taking too many 
case to be the price goes high and the quantity supplier is making more profit, so he's supplying more. And a possible future recession, you have money in your pocket and you say, maybe I'm not working tomorrow, I will make less income, we are gonna consume less beer from now, the confident feeling goes down. So your demand, to, the, the demand of the market goes down. Once the demand goes down, there is a pressure on the suppliers to lower their price. So people will buy more because it's their stock. And once it goes down, the quantity eventually, the prices goes down. Um, uh, suppliers are making less profit. So the quantity that they can supply is less in the market. So determining of change in supplies. Now we're talking about the determining the change of the supply and we're talking about the shift in supply. Price of the product resource. Suppliers when they're producing something is made of you know, products that they buy to put them together to produce. Or make a bread, they buy weeds and other things, they put them together, waters and you know, uh, soda and to produce breads. So if the price of productive resources increases, the firm will supply less. Why is that? Because the cost is increased for me to produce breads. So I'm making less a profit if the price stays $1. My cost is higher, uh, cost less than, sales less than cost becomes my profit, which is my profit is lower. So I'm willing to make less product. We said the supplier's goal is to for is a profit. When the business taxes uh, increase or decrease, if the business taxes raise, my cost will go high. So if the business taxes raise, firm will supply less. Technology an improvement in technology leads to a fall in the cost of production and in, an increase in, in supply. Here, when we talk about technology, we're not talking about IT, technology in cutting the trees. In the last class, we spoke about it. We are better now to cut more trees and we use the chainsaw so we can cut uh, 50 trees instead of 10. So my technology improved. This is what, uh, what we mean by technology. The fourth reason is price of substitution in a production. An increase in the price of one product will cause a drop in the supply of a product that are substitute in a production. A future expectation of the supply. So here you all look at the profit. Is it affecting the profit less, making it pressures onward or making it outward? If it's making it inward more, less profit, less supply more profit, more supply. So the future expectation of suppliers, they lower the expected future prices because you're thinking there's more suppliers. So lower expected future prices will lead to an increase in supply. So you're supplying more because in the future you think there is a competition gonna come and supply with you. So we want to make profit now before the suppliers comes and put a pressure on the prices. Number of suppliers. A decrease in the number of suppliers will reduce the market supply definitely. So what we have here, 
when the supply increase, a surplus is created. And when the surplus is created, now suddenly we saw that at $20, suppliers is willing to supply 14 units, but when the supply shifts outside, we notice that now suddenly at the same price, the suppliers is willing to produce 20 at the same price. Now, when the supply decrease, and because of the, whatever is the reason, uh, you, a shortage is created. And we notice that um, at, at uh, for example, uh, at $20, uh, the supplier was doing uh, 14 willing to supply, but because of the shortage, the supply shifts upward that way, and, and that will make the supplier is willing to supply a 12 less product at the higher prices. So what are the equilibrium prices and the quantity? Is now we have one supply at five dollars, demand hundred, and the one supply is will doing hundred. That's the equilibrium. Let's have more supplies because the prices goes up. Uh, a new price. As the price goes up, you know, at four dollars, the demand is hundred and forty set up there. Supply one will be willing to supply 60, and the supply two is willing to supply 90. It's going to supply that much. So as the total becomes 150 here, you notice there is a surplus. As the price goes down and down and down, the demand, it goes high and high and high. And as the price goes down and down and down, the profit goes lower, 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 and the supplies goes lower and lower. So eventually at $4.50, the total supply is, is 120, which is equal with the total demanded. The both suppliers together making 120 or in the case too. So <clears throat> what effect will be the following supply prices and the quantity uh, on wine, for example, on uh, traded wine? Now, a poor harvest in a grape industry results in a big decrease in the supply. Why is that? Because when you make wine, you use grapes. And if there is bad grapes, poor harvest, there's less grapes. And when it's the less grape, suddenly these cost of the grapes goes high. And when the cost of the grapes goes high, if the price doesn't change, the supplier is making less profit, so they will supply less. And once they supply less, suddenly in the market there is less, of wine, and once the wine is less, suddenly people start bidding up on the price and the price goes up. And once the price goes up, 
we'll see that tendency for buying wine will be going down and it's quantity. So you notice supply to price, price to quantity. This is how you justify. And number of wineries increases. And if the number of wineries we said increases, you will see a shift outside and you will see more suppliers and more suppliers from here, you see a shift outside. And once the suppliers more, there is a downward pressure on the price because lots of wineries producing more wine, price goes down. And once the price goes down of wine, people start buying more wine, less hard liquors. So the quantity, it goes higher. Now, when you add taxes, a sales tax on a wine increases, what will happen? The wineries will make less profit. And when they make less profit means, and this is why people, government argue against increasing taxes. So when, when the private companies or wineries making less profit, they make, they supply less. And once they supply less, the price goes up. And once the price goes up, normally people will consume less wine. And as a new formation of method to reduce the time needed for the wine to do it, producing that wine, we said here we improve the technology. And once the technology increase, you will see a shift in the supply more like this. And once the supply is more, suddenly there's lots of supply in the market. So people buying less wine, and once the, uh, I mean, people see the price of wine goes down, people start buying more wine, less beer, less hard liquor. As the government introduced the subsidies, here, when you introduce a subsidy on bottle of wine, means you're giving to the wineries, people who produce wine, money back. And here's a reverse of the taxes, means he's making more of profit. And once he's making more of profit, everybody was willing to make more wine. So the supply goes up. And once the supply goes up, the price goes down and the quantity goes up. up. It's nice to have the price going down, the quantity go up. Uh, and this is why a government has a tendency to give subsidies, but the subsidies will really unacceptable when it comes to the international trade. We will talk about that too. The government introduced a quota, limits the amount of foreign made wine entry. So suddenly foreign says you cannot enter as much as you want. So there is a limit of a trade coming inside Canada. And when it comes inside the Canada, what will happen normally supply goes down when the supply goes down, there's an upward pressure on the price. And the, when the upward pressure on the price, the quantity goes down. So in general, the final word, the demand and supply determine the price and the quantity, another reverse. Never think that the price and quantity affecting the, the, uh, the demand and supply. You need to think of it this way. The demand and supply affecting the price. The more demand, 
the more price pressures. The less demand, the less price downward pressure. The more supply, the less the pressures is for the price goes down, you know? And the more supply, the demand also goes uh, same thing. So a change in demand, if it goes up, there is will be a shortage in supply. And when shortage of supply goes uh, that, then we will see that the the effect is the price goes high and the quantity eventually goes high. Uh, if the supply reduce their supplies, then it's wanted in the market, total market, you will see also a shortage. And when the shortage is happening, then you will look at the price and quantity. We see when there is a shortage, you will see the prices goes high and the quantity demanded because the price went up, quantity demanded goes down. Same thing when is the demand is going down, the surplus is happening. And once the surplus is happening, the price goes down and the quantity goes down. And when the supply goes high, the surplus goes down, the surplus becomes become surplus and the price goes down because there's lots of the product and suddenly the quantity uh, goes demanded is higher. So actually here what you see is demand here start ta, 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 supplies. So the demand and supply determine the price and the quantity and not the reverse. So in this class, chapter two, what we learn <clears throat> and concept to remember, the difference between demand and, uh, and versus the quantity demanded. Two, the difference between supply versus the quantity supplied. Three, the term market, we talked about the cost of the equilibrium price and quantity. Number five, the determinants of how demand and supply works. We spoke about the effect of change in the demand or change in the supply, what's happening. And we said why demand and supply determine uh, the price and the quantity and not reverse. Think, keep thinking this way because any changes that might affect the understanding the whole concept of uh, microeconomic. So this is the end of the chapter and I'll see you uh, later.